Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Schmozone. This is episode 10. We've reached double figures. I'm Dave Schmolson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen Sports. You added the oomph to it, Helen. I had to. I mean, this is our 10th episode. We're in the double digits. It's a special day. It is, and it's our third one being quarantined here in the Schmo room. Yeah, also known as the guest bedroom or the bedroom that we're only in to record these podcasts. So fun fact for you guys out there. There it is, people. We're only in here to film the podcast. It's the guest bedroom. We do not sleep in this room. No extracurricular activities in this room. Never. 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 (laughs) (laughs) What? So, uh, big day, right? UFC 249? Yeah, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje for the interim lightweight title. Well, if it wasn't Conor McGregor, next man up would be Justin Gaethje. And I revisited on the Schmo's Instagram earlier today an interview the Schmo had with Justin Gaethje back in August before his fight in September, September 14th with Cowboy Cerrone at the UFC fight night in Canada. And... He said that Tony Ferguson was his first choice back in August, and he deserved the title shot. I guess fast forward a few months later, half a year later, here we are. I know. I did watch that clip, and he did say that. So I think regardless, I mean, of course, we all wanted to see Tony versus Habib, right? So hopefully, I mean, there will be a sixth time. That is the charm. But this fight is going to be a great fight, I feel. You know, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, how they match up, I think definitely it's going to be fireworks. Certainly a fan-friendly fight. Two guys who can bang standing or on the ground, comfortable to take the fight anywhere. Kudos to Tony Ferguson. A little bit of a schmo rant here. When I started the schmo character, I was doing these schmo rants back in 2015, 2016. Before I get into it, I'll preface by saying this. Tony Ferguson is the man. And when he inevitably gets inducted in the Hall of Fame, you got to remember UFC 249 during the COVID-19 pandemic. Him saving the fight card has got to be one of his Best moments, regardless if he wins or loses, to uh, Justin Gaethje. Absolutely. And weren't you supposed to go to Big Bear with him? Yes. Uh, but the Schmo, sorry. The schmo. The schmo, yeah. But this COVID-19 got in the way. But here's the Schmo rant. 
I got to do the schmore. I just gave a preface to what it is. But Tony Ferguson does not have to take this fight. And not because of the health issues, which is a real thing. And obviously we can get into that. I mean, everybody is quarantined around the globe here. But what's the upside? He's already been crowned the interim champion when he beat Kevin Lee. And he hasn't lost that title, never lost that belt. So he's going to be the two-time interim champ if he beats Justin Gaethje. And regardless if he wins or loses, he's going to be taking some damage. Damage that when he does fight Habib and that fight gets put on a six-time, that could do something, could have some sort of effect in that matchup against Habib. Um, He does not need to be taking this fight whatsoever, but he's doing it because he's a brawler, can't get inside his head, never can. He's the one competing in the octagon. Whether he needs the money financially, he's doing it for himself, he's doing it for the fans, doing it for the people. He's the man for doing it in the first place, but by no means does he have to take this fight. It would have been so much better in my eyes, if Gaethje fought Conor McGregor and Habib fought Tony Ferguson, whether it's the end of the summer, early fall. But again, hats off to Tony for taking the fight. Didn't have to do it. He's the man for doing it. Yes, absolutely. And also, I'm curious to see regarding Justin Gaethje and his side. We all know that Tony has been training for Habib. Um up until obviously everything unraveled the past week or so regarding Habib. But so Tony's been training this whole time. I'm just curious to see how much has Justin been training and respect to him for also taking this fight against a very tough Tony Ferguson. 100%. I was going to say it next. You said it. I agree with you. How much training has Justin Gaethje really done, and how does it compare to Tony Ferguson? Tony Ferguson has been in an actual training camp. I know we've had the lockdown situation, the quarantine, but he's still been getting it in. How long has Justin been Gaethje? How long has Justin Gaethje been getting it in for? So you got to tip your cat off to Justin. Tip your cat to every fighter on this UFC 249 card. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of that card, let me just pull it up. On my handy dandy phone. Oh, not the uh, Blues Clues handy dandy notebook. (laughs) You know, you watch that too. My younger brother, five years younger than me, he used to have the Nicktoons on. And didn't that guy get arrested? The guy who had the, uh, I guess he's wearing stripes, but it was green and white stripes, but they were the horizontal ones. Mine are vertical, black and white jail cell style. I think this is a soccer jersey. His... Was the same Steve, but it was Steve. You know what? Yeah, I mean, now I okay. Anyway, I just know Jarzinho Rosenstrike and yes. Francis Naganu on this fight kit fight card. Cannot wait for that heavyweight yeah. showdown. Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Cater, can't wait for that. Vicente Luque, Nico Price, Luque, Greg Hardy, Jorgen De Castro. Uh, Wasn't that a fight that who would you talk to about Jorgen fighting Greg Hardy? I, I definitely like you mentioned it in your interviews before. The Schmo definitely brought that up and wanted to see that fight. And that fight is happening. It's good stuff. Rose is on this fight. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, that, this is a great fight card. Yeah. Uriah Hall and Jacare. Yes. Oh. Alex Hernandez is on this fight card. This is this this is yeah. great. Kama Worthy. Oh, yeah. This is gonna be great. Great fight card. No idea where it's going to be. 
in our interviews. Somewhere on earth. Somewhere on earth. In our interviews, today's guests, Jason Mayhem Miller, Helen interviewed him just a couple hours ago. The Schmo interviewed Ben Askren a couple days ago. We'll play that one towards the end. So today's guests are Funky Ben Askren and Jason Mayhem Miller. We talked to them about UFC 249, about the quarantine situation. Great podcast lined up. Uh, Great guests for episode 10. Yes. Had to uh, make it a big one, right? A very special one. And yeah, I mean, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I think I've been gung-ho on if they're able to make April 18th happen, uh, UFC fights happen in April in the United States, it has to be on Indian Reservation. That's kind of been my stance. But now there's reports coming out about a private island. Yeah, that seems pretty interesting. A private island. So you have to build some sort of infrastructure there. How many... Uh, trainers and how many medical people will be there, how many people will be there in general. The logistics of this thing are fascinating to me, and we're going to find that out over the next few days if, you know, the fight card will happen on a private island. Yeah, what do you think? In in terms of what? On a private island. I I don't know. I That's why I just brought this up, Helen. We've got to talk know, about well, infrastructure. we got to talk about the amount of people there. Yeah, well, I, I guess uh, time will tell, right? The next few days, we'll be checking for updates and whatnot. So I guess there's a letter that came out today from ARP, A-R-P, the Association of Ringside Physicians, recommending an indefinite suspension of all combat sports until, you know, COVID-19 is kind of under control here. Yeah. So that just fascinates me for who's going to be here medically to treat the fighters, to make sure no ever, everyone is um, free of this virus and not contaminating others if somebody gets the virus it's the logistics of this thing are the most fascinating part but you know look i see both sides of the coin here whether fighting should happen right now or should not happen at all because from one end of the spectrum you know this is a global crisis you know we haven't seen anything like this in any of our lifetimes i don't know who is listening to this podcast that was live in 1918 spanish flu but um look there's people are going crazy. Look, I mean, people don't have incomes. They don't have leisure activities, uh, very limited in things to look forward to. And, and from the fighters perspective, they need to put food on their tables. If they don't fight, they don't make money. They don't have a union. I see that. I, I see, I see the benefits of putting these fights on, but I also see the negatives. If what happens if, uh, you know, this virus just spreads to the location locations if it's plural of where these fights take place yeah but i mean i I like to try to keep things on the positive side right and hopefully um i'm sure they will all take the necessary precautions right and that they'll have you know doctors nearby a doctor or medical professionals uh, nearby and also the fighters they are adults, right? Like ultimately they are signing the form. They know what they're getting themselves into and forever, for whatever reason that they decide to sign, 
um, that is for them. And, you know, uh, to all of them getting in the octagon, I have a lot of respect for. How have you been maintaining positivity during this whole pandemic? Well, you can either choose to be negative or positives. And I think after hitting literally rock bottoms in my life, right, like staring at the ceiling, uh, wondering, is it going to be more saltine crackers from Walmart that I'm going to eat? True story. It's the great value brand or whatever, you know, that $2 something cents brand. Um, You it really puts things into perspective where it's like you can choose to be negative and knowing that nothing can change. Right. Or think about it in a more positive way where, and I know, I mean, like, it's like how positive can you really get during these times? But, you know, positive way could be, uh, cooking more. For example, you're a great chef. David is a great chef. And, um, or it's like working on your fitness, working on something of self-improvement and, you know, thinking about the better days that can come, the better days that will be ahead. Because ultimately, uh, if you're negative and this is just, I mean, I guess from my personal experience, hitting rock bottoms in my life, when you're negative, um, it just, things will definitely not be positive, right? If you're negative. So if you can just choose how to react to situations, why not choose to be positive and see the bright sides of things, even though right now a lot of things are dim and they are dark, but um, choose to work on things that you want to, to maybe improve yourself. And after all this is over, you know, if you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill set or kind of a plan of action, uh, just a positive outlook and what you can do to better yourself and better your life, you're truly missing out. Like you got to capitalize on this downtime, this free opportunity, learn a new skill, uh, whether it's cooking, whether it's working on your personal fitness, whether it's reading a book, a few books, many books, magazines, picking up a new language skill set. That's most important here. You got to count your blessings and be positive. If you have a roof over your head, you're doing something right from the get-go. Now, you can always make money. You can always earn money when it's all said and done. But your health, your positive mental health, your well-being, you can't put a price tag on that. Exactly. And that's something that my dad would always preach to me, you know, even at the times where I was at a really, really, really big low, right? Like hospitalized twice in a year, just literally had nothing was going to lose everything. And yeah, and my dad always told me, you know, because I would stress him like, well, I can't work or I I don't, you know, have a job, Uh, I can't make money. And my dad always told me, you know, money will always come. But make sure you take care of your health first, because without good health, you can't make money. Yeah. So that's what Papa Yi and uh, me bond over over some small plates, over some dumplings, not chicken feet. (laughs) Dang it. I was going to say that. But also, I will add to last thing about this is don't get me wrong. I mean, I know days can be stressful. And I'm trying to put myself in those shoes, right? And of people who have families. Um, But, you know, just uh, try to, and obviously, 
you know, be strong for your children, be strong for your family, and just know that, you know, like what you've said before, tough times don't last and tough people do. And just try your best to hang in there and we'll all get through this. I definitely didn't make that quote. Just been repeating that quote. You've said it a lot. Totally, totally. And speaking of tough times, I miss our podcast studio because my left hip is on fire. Very sore from all the workouts and uh, doing my best to hold it up here on the bed in the Schmo bedroom for the Schmo Zone episode 10 podcast. Double figure stoked. We're going to still put out a podcast every single week. It's kind of a promise. Consistency is something that you and I both pride ourselves on. Yes. And listen, we greatly appreciate that you guys tune in to us. And especially during these times, we hope that you know we can still put a smile on your guys' face uh, during these times. And like you mentioned, um, yeah, missing our studio, definitely. I mean, I'm just like lean to the side and because you just cooked really good food, I ate a lot of it. So like my stomach is still, you know, I'm full. Still digesting. Yeah. It's, uh, one of the toughest things for me is not being able to be in person and do these Schmo and the Pro interviews. It's been uh, difficult because I feed off of the body language as being there in person. It it adds to the effect. I kind of reluctantly, um, you know, fit into the Zoom, to the Skype, to just doing things more and adapting uh, where I'm not in person. And who knows how long it's going to take for sports to get back to normal, for the schmo to get back there in person. But I'll tell you something which I certainly look forward to and hopefully people who support the schmo look forward to is I will get back into doing more the schmo versus the pro getting into the gyms doing the competitions with the athletes because hey if I I can't get into good shape during this time what the hell am I doing with myself and Helen's keeping me accountable to that right Helen she's she's literally got the whip on me and look yeah don't give him that visual but look you may not believe me, but this guy can do hundreds of pull-ups. I witnessed it. At the park. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at the park, but that was pre-quarantine days. Let's also, you know, put that out there as well. Of course, of course. So Helen interviewed Jason Mayhem Miller a couple hours ago. You're also on uh, Adam Hunter's podcast too, MMA Roasted. You are on their podcast, and then you go ahead and invite Mayhem onto the Schmo Zone. You guys had a great interview. Um, some highlights before we play for the fans? Yeah, well, first, since this podcast, a part of it, it's called kind of taking everyone, showing them also behind the scenes look, right? And you mentioned it has been very difficult um, or different as well doing these interviews uh, via technology, right, rather than in person. So I will say this is my first interview for uh, Eyes on the Game and, of course, Mozone. But um, the interview is 28 minutes. And I will say I was very nervous because I did it on Zoom. And I was just hoping that everything was going to record. Obviously, it's very different because, like you said, I mean, in person, you can kind of get a better sense, get a better idea. So I was just really nervous uh, about that. But i um, very grateful for Jason Mayhem Miller um, to 
you know, give me his time to talk to me about uh, Tony versus Justin Gaethje, his thoughts on that, them fighting for an interim title. If he were Tony, would he have taken the fight? Uh, his prediction for that fight, where he thinks it'll take place, his thoughts on Habib, and then, uh, yeah, so a lot more. And Mayhem, for those who aren't as familiar with him as more of the uh, casual or newer fans to MMA, he's an OG in the fight game, fought in multiple weight classes, fought multiple legends. He's a stud. It looked like he was wearing a comfortable t-shirt during that interview. Kind of reminds me of this show sponsor, the Schmozone sponsor, the True Classic Tees t-shirt. Perfect for quarantine, might I add. Can wear it outside if you just want to get a nice fresh air, some walking in. Can wear it around the house. They're soft, they're comfortable, they're versatile. Best part about them is they're cheap. They're only 15 bucks. Go to trueclassictees.com. Use this promo code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V. Get your 20% off. That makes them like, what, 12 bucks? B-L-E-A-V. That's the promo code at trueclassictees.com. Get yourself some comfortable t-shirts. And uh, let's play that interview. Dana White announced today, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje for the interim lightweight title, which Tony has won before. And I know back in September, you were very uh, adamant on having Tony fight Habib. And that was right before that fight got announced for the fifth time. And unfortunately, things fell through within the yeah. last week. So yeah. what are your thoughts? They, you know, that was the thing. It popped off like right while we were recording the podcast that that news came down. And look, man, I'm I'm a fan like all y'all, okay? I wanted it to happen. I, I, I wanted this fight to happen. We all wanted it to happen. But okay, let me just do let me just do this. Hats off to Dana White for, <laughs> you know, figuring out something for us, okay? If the fight happens, fantastic, you know. But the way things are going as far as, you know, quarantine and People being uh, locked up, I, you know, I, I, I'm just crossing my fingers for this one to happen. You know, Gagey is a fantastic guy. I feel like if they're gonna have interim belt, those are the two guys to do it, right? Yeah. Khabib is over there, stuck in Russia. He, he, he went out there for God knows what reason, but now he's trapped, and we don't have a fight. So Dana White. Good job. You know, I feel like putting together something for us, something for both those guys to get paid and uh, hopefully a healthy paycheck mm-hmm. and something to keep us satiated in the meantime. Very true. But a lot of people are saying, obviously, Justin Gaethje, uh, a very dangerous fighter for Tony Ferguson. And, you know, kind of like what would Tony gain with from a fight with Justin Gaethje? What do you think about that? And mm-hmm about Tony taking this fight? Look, the fight sport is riddled with uh, paid days, and they can happen every which way. I feel like this is a solid fight. I'd like to talk to Gagey and see what he thinks because he just got, like, you know, dropped out of high school straight to the pros kind of, right? He, like, just, like, bumped up. He bumped up considerably, and he's really getting a gift here to, like, showcase who he really is. Now, the argument is, is that he's just kind of one-sided. He 
he like has a go forward button and uh, overhand right and and a left hook and some kicks and knees a little bit. But like, this is a big test for him. Like to see that you know he could step up with somebody who could wrestle, who could strike, who could do jujitsu like most no one else in the division. It's a it's a huge test for him, and I feel like okay. Okay, you know what? I, I accept this, uh, you know, kicking the balls because it's not Khabib. We wanted, we wanted Ferguson Khabib. We all wanted Ferguson Khabib. We've been talking about it for like at least a minute and a half. So, you know, uh, Gage, you better step up that night. I, I want to see a good fight. That's all. But also, I mean, you were mentioning Gage's skill set or what a lot of people, you know, talk about him. Uh, what about his wrestling? I mean, I feel yeah. like also a great wrestler and that is you know well he's done what so many fighters in the ufc have done because i mean they kind of want you to get rid of your wrestling and stand and bang i I feel like really wrestling might be the equalizer whoever can uh, dictate where the fight you know happens if if it's counter wrestling from geji and he turned it to a slugfest which you know, I, I expect him to do. That would be one way that the fight could go. If he gets tired, shoots a takedown, he might could get caught. You know, it, 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 you know it, it's one of those things that at first, when the news first broke, I was kind of bummed. Kind of took the air out of MMA Roasted for a minute because I had to go like, oh, what? Like, and I had to like have that fanboy sadness that like I've been talking about Ferguson Khabib for like a minute and, a, and two two halves now, but look, that's something to talk about later, I guess, because the powers that be put Gagey in there, and we're gonna see a Gagey Ferguson fight. But do you think, regardless, I mean that this fight could jeopardize that Tony versus Khabib fight? Whether even if Tony wins, I mean he'll probably you know take a lot of damage in this fight yeah absolutely that's the risk that you know mixed martial artists take you know it's a very real sport and the reality is is that every fight takes some takes some (laughs) could take some years off your life you know that's the reality and yeah he could take some damage in this fight but that's what he gets paid for that's his risk that he takes and I, i don't know i think that he could play it smart and come out of there unscathed. Gagey, why is a dominant wrestler and has power in both hands, I, I feel like might not be that well tested on the ground. So I feel like that's the arena that Tony has the advantage in. But, you know, man, this is a beautiful sport because you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. But if you were in Tony's shoes, would you have taken this fight? Yeah. I mean, look, Tony... Look, Tony will fight anybody. I don't think that they're like his weight class. I feel like he's one of the biggest, toughest dudes in that weight class, and he's he's at the top. You know, he's like at the top of the conversation for a reason. It's not like he's just you know got lucky a couple of times. Just he he has you know a uh, hard head, very durable, um, very good cardiovascular output. You know, uh, jujitsu top of the heap for the weight division. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, I would say that probably 
Tony would duck nobody. But who's your pick for this fight? What's your prediction? You know, I, I kind of have given it right Be because I keep, I keep, I keep being racist for the jujitsu guy a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Gagey has what it takes, but this is a big test for him to jump up like this. You know, the guys that he fought before take nothing from them. They're all fantastic, but I just think style-wise, style-wise, I feel like there's a slight, slight edge to Tony Ferguson. And after this fight, if Tony wins, do you think that Tony versus Habib for the sixth time will happen in 2020? Maybe six is the lucky number. Who knows? You know, I you know, but the the bigger the bigger story here is that the division is like getting deeper because now Gagey's in the conversation and win or lose and maybe win, yeah. Gagey can like showcase who he is to a broader audience because we all have been eyeballing Tony's Instagram with him doing weird stuff and I don't even have an Instagram correctly. So I, I, I know all about that. And I guess the casual fan would know that too. So again, you know, I, I really, the UFC brass kind of did their job this time in giving us something, something to talk about in this coronavirus nightmare that we're all stuck in. Wait, so you're not on Instagram? Those accounts are fake? There's so many fake mayhem accounts that I just can't keep track of them. And even like, I think my hacker got verified recently. I, I don't know how that works. I, I don't know. I, I wish I just had like, hey, Mark Fuckerberg, how about giving my Instagram account back, okay? Somebody's got it, but what am I going to do? Damn, change your password. You have to put like... <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for that tip. Oh, do you want, should I push? Should I click for that password? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> should I go in the roundabout uh, ass backwards maze? that is the Instagram help center to try to get my Instagram back. Okay. Thank you, Helen. You're, you're a very bright lady. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate the sarcasm, but, <laughs> but also uh, a lot of people now are guessing or trying to guess, where do you think the fight will take place? Listen, I I've got all my money on a pleasure yacht out in okay. the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, that's where I would have it personally, you know, and I'm, I'm working on that maybe, but I'm starting small. I'm trying to get a riverboat, right? And then okay. everybody gets on the riverboat, right? I'll have Tony and Khabib on the same riverboat in Russia and we'll go, uh, yeah, up the Euphrates. But speaking of Khabib again, you know how this fight is for the interim title? Do you think that they should be fighting for an interim title? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why not. I don't, I don't understand why not. Because Khabib made a mistake. If he was in America and training here, like I thought he was, okay, he went back to Russia. Now, Russia, okay, they're, I'll just say, kind of draconian. Because I've had fighters fight in Russia before. And I had to give, like, my entire medical history to them. And they're very, like, you know, say what you want about them. But, they, you know, they, they don't want a pandemic in their country, you know, and I don't know the numbers in Russia, but I'm sure it's low because they won't let you in if you're sick. And, you know, that's not very American, but I mean, it certainly will, will, will keep the bed bugs from biting at night. Yeah. That seems like a good place to end with mayhem going on that rant with Russia, with bed bugs, 
Love his haircut. Digging that quarantine style haircut. Well, speaking of haircuts, when are you going to get one? Hoping to get one in the next day or two. A schmo style quarantine haircut. Everything but the uh, facial hair, of course. Yeah. So I was actually going to address that because I know last week we spoke about that. You're trying to grow out your schmo stash. I see a couple more hairs that have grown in with this within this past week. Oh, let's be real. You're being too nice. It looks like pubic hairs on my face. Embarrassing? I think not. Hey, you said it, not me. Well, you live with me and you love me. I do. I love you and your 77 strands of hair. She's been counting. I love you too for your many hairs on your head. Yeah, I hope to keep it that way, you know. Among other things, of course. What? Oh, you know, I do. There's a lot of things I appreciate about you. Okay, no, I thought you said... Never mind about my hair because, you know, sometimes uh, if you shampoo it too much and then you brush your hair, a lot of it comes out on the hairbrush, you know, so it kind of stresses me out sometimes. And then stress doesn't help it either. Yeah, I was going to say more like stress doesn't help it for the hair coming out. But then I vacuum anyway and I clean it up. And you're good at doing that job. Yeah, so speaking of hair... One of uh, your favorite guys who has a lot of hair, right? Mr. Ben Askren, you spoke to him the other day. Yeah, we go from that shaved head to the guy with a full head of hair. Looks like a Greek statue, a Roman statue, Ben Askren. You know he does. I brought that up to him uh, before. I brought that up to you before. He looks like someone you could bring him back centuries ago. He'd fit right in. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of does look like that. I'm sure he agreed with you. Of course. It's always good catching up with funky Ben Askren, whether you're talking about Tiger King or the fights. Never short of opinions. Interviewed him a couple of days ago. Had a great time doing it. Did it over Skype. Yeah, so how did you like that? I told the audience about the Zoom and kind of behind the scenes of how that works for me. How was the Skype thing for you? Because I know before that you normally did the Instagram live. All right, everyone, this is a review, Skype or Zoom. I use Skype, Helen used Zoom. I have to admit what you did on Zoom, a little bit better than Skype. Well, we'll let them decide for themselves. I just think that the audio lags a little bit um, with Skype. Also, you were able to showcase you two side by side. I had to do some extra editing to show both of us at the same time or focus on one of us. Uh, but yeah, um, I'd prefer Zoom. Maybe I'll do Zoom in the future. But uh, shall we play it? Funky Ben Askren? Let's do it. This is the Schmo with the Pro. Funky Ben Askren, quarantine style podcast. Ready to go. How we doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm on day 20, I think, of my podcast, uh, of my po- <laughs> of my quarantine. Uh, I may be on day 20 of my podcast, you never know. Uh, so it's uh, it's going good enough. I'm sure it could be much worse. Uh, hoping this thing gets over sooner than later. Definitely, definitely. The big news, though, going on, because we are being busy. There's a lot of UFC chatter that's still is happening, but no fights. What are you, what are you, what are you hearing? 
Well, CSAC, California State Athletic Commission, they just banned all the fight stuff through May. So now that takes off all the fight cards for Bellator and UFC that were scheduled in May. So what does that mean? What's taken Dana White so long to make an announcement? If you're a fighter, you're just left in the dark. Well, here's what I'm thinking. If I, if I, now, if I were Dana, I'd keep it a secret. Number one. Secrets are cool because people, everyone wants to know. Everyone's going to be trying to guess where it's going to be at. Number two, you know there's a bunch of wimpy beta males out there who the second he announces where it's going to be are going to put a whole bunch of pressure on the politicians in that area to try to shut it down. Just for no good reason besides the fact that they don't like Dana. And I don't really even like Dana that much. Is that fair? Fair, but what about the fighters themselves? Like Habib not knowing location, that's his justification for pulling out of the fight in all its entirety. And Tony Ferguson not wanting another opponent because he doesn't even know a venue of where he'd be fighting in the first place. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, I would assume that they're telling the fighters where they're going to be fighting at. Or maybe they're telling them, hey guys, it's definitely irrelevant. The day, the day before, we're going to give you a plane ticket. You and a quarter men show up, and let's do this. Maybe, maybe it's something like that. I mean, you know, they they are good. They are by all uh, impressions, gonna, they're going to try to pull this off. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. And I I think it's kind of smart. The sooner they announce, the more pressure going to be put on them by outside uh, governing bodies. So just try to keep it as quiet as long as possible. That's what I would do. Fair, but do you think the fighters need more information? Like Alex Hernandez recently stated, you know, because he's supposed to be on the April 18th fight card fighting Islam Malkachev. He has no idea if the fight's going to happen. He has doubts. But don't you think the UFC needs to communicate more with fighters? Listen, th- th- we, are, we are in unprecedented times. No one has ever seen anything like this. No one knows how to react to it. If you're a fighter, here's what you do. I mean, I'm fighting April 18th. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I don't know where I'm going to be. But listen, the cage is the same size no matter where it is. My opponent is right over there. There's a referee. It doesn't damn matter. I'll show up and fight. If they want to fight, that's what they need to say. If not, then if you want to make some whiny excuses about, oh my gosh, I don't know where the venue is or whatever, I don't know. Just, okay, make an excuse. Back out. Fine. But if you want to fight, fight. And what about the training? Do you think the level of training, obviously because of the restrictions and the amount of people that can be inside a facility are different, do you think training differs the product that we'd see inside the octagon? It's, it's definitely possible, but I believe everyone, and this is really worldwide, is under the same circumstances right now. I mean, everyone's dealing with the same shit. It's not like this, this one issue is just affecting, say, California, and the California guys have to deal with something that nobody else is dealing with. We're all guys. We're all dealing with the same stuff. Everyone is training is suboptimal right now. No one is getting to do what they want to do, and so sometimes you got to make the best of a bad situation. On a lighter note, are you still convinced that Valentina Chevchenko is a spy? The schmo talked to her. She denies it. I don't know. She talks about James Bond. Are you convinced yet, Funky? No. She. I mean, she. You saw that she just got pulled into a more. Uh, Important mission, so she had to move off the UFC 251 card. So I, I think that's you know, a dead giveaway that that, uh, that whoever she works for, they called her into a more important mission. They said, listen, defending the UFC title is not your more, most important task. We are your most important task. You will move that fight. You will fake a leg injury and uh, come do spy work. Funky, but who's really working right now, man? Who's working? The spies are. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> 
How can you keep saying we saw you doing the the work, the Turkish get-ups with your children? Yes. How are you keeping sane during this time? Well, I get to go outside and work on my disc golf course, so I have a chainsaw and I get to burn stuff and I do podcasts and uh, it is challenging. I mean, I'm actually this is day twenty, so I guess I'm starting to get used to it. Uh, it feels like this is going to last quite a while longer. Uh, so I guess I'm just making the best out of a bad situation. When you're getting an, in need of a sports fix, what are you watching? No, but there's nothing on right now. That's what what replays? What replays? No, and that's another reason why I think that uh, the UFC would do so well right now is the fact that uh, they, uh, they're they the only game in town. So I think the fighters also need to realize that. And, and uh, you know, if they can show up on the card, maybe they're not going to be at their perfect self, but they're going to be much better than they would be. Uh, I'm sorry, they're going to get a much larger audience than they would have uh, if there was 27 other sports to compete with. And you're the voice of reason. How would you handle, if you were Dana White, if you were the brass of the UFC, how would you handle Johnny Bones Jones oh, now with this situation? I would, I, would, I would probably write a new contract for him that, that will stipulate that I get to pick a guy who's going to accompany him damn near 24-7 to make sure he doesn't do anything epic stupid and screw up his life. And, uh, and I'd make him stick by it. Every, t- every time he uh, goes off, out the reservation, he owes me like 50 grand or something. A lifelong quarantine for Johnny Bones Jones in the UFC. Oh, yeah, a lifelong quarantine. That's, that's a good one. He literally needs someone. He needs someone to say, John, we're not going to do this right now. I know this is what you want to do. This is not going to turn out really well for you. Let's, let's just let's go do something else. There's strippers over here, John. Let's go over here. Let's leave the car alone. The car is danger. Stripper's over here. Let's go over here. Realistically, if we are going to get some UFC fights in this country in the next month, month and a half, the schmoes just thinking off the top of the head here, it's got to be on an Indian reservation. What did I you say? Think, uh, I don't know. You know, who knows? I, I'm sure those are uh, do you know those are going to feel the government pressure as well. And again, that's why I would keep this secret because. You know, as soon as they say we're doing it here, dude, there's gonna be so many freaking ridiculous journalists telling, um, telling them, don't let them do it there. This is bad. This is terrible. It's like these dudes are already trying to hurt each other in a cage. You know, who cares if they uh, they give each other a little corona? As long as they go, they just go quarantine themselves afterwards, and then everyone's happy. Do you think yeah. the hysteria and the chaos of everything kind of outweighs what's actually happening inside this country? I'm going to withhold judgment on that. I'm not really sure yet. Fair. Final hey, thoughts, hey, Funky? Let me, let me ask you something. Yeah. Did you watch the Tiger King? Of course I did. Do you think he's the greatest showman America's ever seen? Ever? On Netflix, 100%. <laughs> is, is he a greater showman than, than the Schmo himself? Yes, 100%. The Schmo can't compete with that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Where's he? The characters in this guy's life. He made so many mistakes. But let me ask you something now. Do you actually think if Carol Baskin is guilty, they'd actually be able to find enough incriminating evidence to put her behind bars? Carol Baskin definitely did it. That that's damn near guaranteed. The problem is, what was it? Nineteen ninety-seven. 
Where are you going to get the DNA, the forensic science to incriminate her, especially if she did feed Don's body to the tigers? I think that's probably the most likely thing that happened, right? Yeah. But hey, Aaron Hernandez got convicted without the murder weapon. What did he do? Well, he's the one who killed Odin Lloyd, the uh, football player, the NFL football player. Uh, did he actually do it? All signs point to it. If he didn't pull the trigger, he was there when the trigger was pulled. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fairly. Uh, I think it's fairly obvious that Carol Baskins has some skeletons in her closet, and I think someone should go investigate her. Schmo's going to look into it if we can't get professional sports back, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Is Carol Baskins the worst or what? She's bad. She's bad. can see right so through her. So, yeah, so easy. It's bad. Funky, what, what do you recommend to watch now on television now that we got another, what, month of this? Yeah, well, I've only, I only watched Tiger King. I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of listening to podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of crypto podcasts because with the – you know, the, what's going on with uh, the financial system, the printing all that money. I think there's a good opportunity. And you know you know I love Bitcoin. So uh, I've been doing a lot of that. Looking forward to see what the real estate market looks like after this one. It'll be a lot more... I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There it is. He reads. Final message for the funky fans out there worldwide? Uh... I hope you guys stay safe. Hope you guys stay sane. Uh, and uh, that's about all I got. Appreciate your time. He's the pro. I'm the schmo. We're quarantined. You like the hat? Beautiful. Well, outside of having UFC 249 announced, having a fight card lined up, not much really changed from that interview uh, with Ben Askren. No, just like you said, having the Tony versus Gaethje fight being finalized which is obviously a huge thing and what you you and I we can say this too we agree that who are we to decide if it's the right thing or the wrong thing for these fighters to be fighting it's not our decision to be made I don't think anybody should be making this decision unless you're actually the one fighting or you're the one putting on the event um Look, there's no blueprint for a pandemic, especially at this magnitude. Everybody is just going with the flow, living in the moment, living in yesterday, today, and the next day, not looking down the road and far ahead, just survival mode and staying as optimistic as possible. And that's what we're doing. That's what it seems the UFC is doing. And who are we to pass judgment? Exactly. And to just quickly add to that, as far as the fighters, and you mentioned, sorry, spat in just the Just a little bit. But as far as staying positive and for the fighters, who knows what their individual situation is, right? They are all adults. Like I said earlier, they're the ones signing it. They know the risks. They know the rewards. So um, ultimately, like you said, I mean, it's not our place to judge them and they know what they're getting into when they step into that octagon. And what if it is a big positive for them? You know, what if like their family needs that paycheck or, you know, needs that to happen? So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, again, think that people shouldn't 
be very quick to criticize, but then I always try to think more on the positive side of things. Yeah, definitely. And that's where we agree. There's always at least two sides to a story. Um, a lot of the people might be shaming them. What are they doing? They're just um, adding more people to a hospital. They're just spreading the potential uh, number of infected people from a virus. Or you look at it from the standpoint, there's a lot of people down right now. So many people have lost their jobs. Millions of people have filed for unemployment. Record high. Give someone something positive to look forward to. Entertainment to watch. A couple of minutes, a couple of hours to escape. I mean... Nothing wrong with that at the end of the day. Yeah, and I'm sure obviously fighting is their job and having, you know, a lot of people right now losing their jobs. I'm sure like some of my friends, I spoke to them, they told me they can't wait to go back to work, right? So I'm sure fighters, if that's their job, they can't wait to go back to work and fight. That's why, like I said earlier, can't stress it enough. Take this time to learn new skills to be innovative, to try new things, come back with something positive when the world can resume. Yeah, be with your family, cherish the moments that you're all together, right? Find more creative ways to uh, kind of entertain each other too. Helen has not killed me yet. That's a positive sign. True love right there. We can live together be together, quarantine together. If you can quarantine with somebody, that's a good thing. Are you trying to say that I'm not Carol Baskin? She's not Carol Baskin, and I'm not Howard Baskin. <laughs> so uh, should we do the cue now, do the sign-off? She's the pro. I'm Dave. We're out. One, two, three.